Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of right. grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, we have two sisters who started an amazing company called Context & Co. We talk about them being in business together, how their brand came to be, and self-care. This is Amber and Tiffany's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Tiffany and Amber, thank you so much for being with me today. How are you both? Thank you for having us. We're doing well. Yeah, we're thrilled to be here if you can't hear our huge grins. (laughs) Well, I am very much excited to have you. Um, But before we dive into our conversation, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Great. So this is Amber and Tiffany Davis. We are sisters and partners in business and life uh, when it comes to our content studio, Context & Co. Uh, We help brands, people, causes, um, and just about any other thing under the sun tell its story a little bit better. So we help our clients visualize where they want to be in the world, how they want people to think about them, and how they want to tell their story, and then we help them get there. Just to echo Tiff's sentiment, we work together really to create brand narratives out of authentic vision. So she and I have been partners for quite some time unofficially, and we're excited to officially be working together under our content studio, Context & Co., So I would love to start with your journey to Context & Co. and how it came to be. And also, how is it being in business with your sister? So Amber and I both had similar interests when we were younger. We were both into art. We were both into culture, style. Um, We both studied journalism. Um, I took the path of print communication. And I worked in magazines, and I worked um, at newspapers, and I interned for just about everyone under the sun in Atlanta, which is where we grew up. Um, Amber took the path more public relations and event management. So she worked with Savannah College of Art and Design for some time, worked with a bunch of cool retail spaces and designers to help them bring their fashion week shows to life. And um, she interned at Vogue, and she really is she has great style, but I think that one thing that we, we really have in common is that we can look at a brand and look at the people and the story behind it and say, okay, this is how we can amplify what you're doing. This is how we can make it clear why people should care about you. This is how we can help you get more clients. A lot of times people get caught up in the thick of what they are doing in their process, what they're making, or their passion, and that's all wonderful, and that's all important to us as far as you know, taking on new clients. But we think that what we're really good at is helping them flip that so that the story that they're telling on the outside matches the story that's going on inside. And so for a long time, we just informally always would bounce ideas off of each other. When I was working um, with online publications or at magazines, I would always ask for Amber's input as far as trends or as far as 
does this read right? Does this sound good? Um, and I think that she's done the same with me. And so a, a few years ago, we were both in, in full-time jobs and just kind of looked at each other and thought, like, why don't we try something together for real? And that's how Context Co. was born. Um, and it's funny because we have a pretty traditional upbringing in the sense that both of our parents kind of tracked through college and knew the exact path and career trajectory that they had based on what they studied. Yeah, dad um, was like business and mom was yeah. like mm-hmm. nurse. Exactly. <laughs> Tim and I both knew that that wasn't necessarily what our paths were going to look like. And I think as of late, we both got individual clarity that helped us kind of come together and be able to say, these are at least the feelings that we want to have around our work. Mm-hmm. We want to feel like we're supporting women. We want to feel like we're able to work with other people of color and other creatives who have similar visions. Um, and I think being able to say that with somebody who you know genuinely feels the same way is something that makes us feel really lucky. And a lot of people look at us and say, I would kill my sister or kill my brother if I had to work with them. Um, And, you know, it's like any other relationship um, that I think we both work at it. And one of the things that I really admire about Tiffany is her ability to kind of zoom out and say, let's have a check-in with one another. Let's see how the other person's doing. And I think as a big sister, like, she definitely – make sure that we make space to take care of ourselves, but also take care of our relationship too. That's really amazing. That is really amazing because I was going to segue into what being in business as sisters has taught you about community, community within, you, you know, your own personal relationships with each other and then community within your career with clients, with family, with friends. So I guess I will transition the conversation to to ask, what has Context & Co. taught you about community and being within the community as sisters and then as businesswomen? So we had, we had an off-site kind of dreaming and scheming session about three months ago where we had this huge whiteboard and we were writing out, like, what are our values? Like, what, is, what does community mean to us? And one word that came came to mind and has always stuck with me since is the word legacy. I think that sometimes people get caught up in like, I want to be known for something. And I think that the benefit of working with someone that's in your family for me is that you know that the things that you're doing are going to build and help people that you love, that you care about. Um, You're building something that like also has your family name attached to it, which is significant to both of us. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times I think it helps us impro- approach the work that we do with a little bit more clarity going into it as far as being able to say, yes, this is totally something we would be willing to stay up late and work on. Or, you know what, that's a cool sounding thing, but it's actually not part of our legacy. Like if we, I think mm-hmm. that both of us are, are very aligned on what it feels like to be able to look back on something and say, this is the kind of thing I would have done for free. And this is the kind of thing that I will be so proud if even if I gave even if I gave them our you know most premium service and I knew they couldn't afford to pay the value today, I can look back later and say I helped this this person get from A to B. And I feel so proud of that. And I think that that's something I never question when Amber and I are working on things. We're always on the same page, not just about like, oh, that would be so cool, but like that feels right. 
so when I, when you ask about community, I think that that's part of it. It's like, who do we want to bring into that space with us? It's always one of our most fun conversations, and I think one of our most valuable conversations. Yeah, and I think another thing that has been really important and super helpful for us and feeling like we were ready to strike out on our own is the community that we had in place before we ever even thought about contacting Co. Mm -hmm. Growing up, our family, clearly, we've chosen to work with one another. Family's been an incredibly important part of our story. I think we have always just seen the value in sharing with people what you have and bringing into the world kind of the things that you you want to see and, and you can be proud of. So being able to say that we've met so many amazing women here living in New York, even for a, a few short years and, and kind of making it a second home, we felt really equipped and motivated to kind of start to create this community of our own, being able to pull in friends for projects, being able to bounce ideas off of one another. I think it's something that feels just really natural to us as people and has lent itself to helping our business to grow. Hey Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. I love Skillshare. You guys have heard me say this before, but I'm a student on their platform and it is so fun to be able to dive into these different classes that they offer. Right now, I'm exploring the creative writing classes. One that's really standing out to me is by Ashley C. Ford and her course is called Creative Personal Writing, Write the Real You. What I love most about Skillshare is that it's an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative entrepreneurs skills. You can take a class in everything from photography to creative writing like I am, design to productivity and more. So whether you're returning to a longtime passion project, challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare definitely has a class for you. Lifelong learning is important because it keeps our minds open and moving and creative. I love that Skillshare has a little bit of everything for everyone. Join Join the millions of students, including myself, already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free when you use my code. That's right. Skillshare is offering Hey Girl listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl to start your two months now. You will not regret it. Skillshare.com slash Hey Girl. I really love that point on legacy and offering what you have um, because that's a huge part of not only the service that y'all are sharing with, with the world and offering with clients or offering to clients, but also being able to come full circle and really leave behind your mark on whoever's project you touch, on whoever's lives you encounter. And I feel like that is where the community building is centered. So to switch gears just a bit, I want to ask about navigating social media as brand builders for yourself and your own career, and also what advice you give to clients 
who are really hung up on social media being the source and not the tool. And that comes up a lot in our conversations on Hey Girl about social media being a tool and not the source. So how do you find that balance when, when it comes to building online community and actually doing the work in the business off the internet? Um, I think we both are just so excited to even hear people starting to ask this question and one that you and your community have asked and spoke to for so long. I think that it really is important for us to be able to share with our clients the fact that just like you were saying, this is a tool. Social media is a marketing lever that you can pull. Mm -hmm. Social media is a medium for communication, but it is not your brand. Really see it as a channel through which you can share messages, through which you communicate with your, your family, your community, your friends. But we really always start at square one, at the foundation with the people that we work with. And I think that so often people skip over, like, what is at the center of their brand and creating that brand narrative. Like, we love doing social strategy for people. We love doing digital strategy. But before we will ever touch anyone's editorial calendar, we want to ask them, do they have a brand story? Do they know who they are first before they just try to share things? And I think yeah. that just goes back to like kind of giving the thing that you have to people, but making sure that you know what that thing is first. We know that it's not, it's not a popularity contest. It's an actual tool that when you use it in the right way, it can be a really amazing thing for your business. Mm -hmm. That is so important. <laughs> and I have literally said, I feel like I've said that so many different ways to a lot of different people in regards to navigating social media um, with a brand story or not even a brand story, but a personal story and knowing your work and knowing who you are prior to logging onto that platform and seeking the validation from people who are outside of the brand, the business or yourself. So to hear you say, you have to know who you are first, you have to know what the mission is first before we start doing the other stuff, which is a fun project to take on. But like you said, that's not the brand's identity. It's an extension of the brand. So with that being the case, have you felt any pushback from clients or are people taking that as a learning lesson and, and owning it? We're trading smiles. Um, <laughs> yes, to everything you just said. And I think the implication behind that, and I think that as storytellers, you probably also understand this to be true, is that a lot of times social media gets, and storytelling, I think, gets put into the category of, oh, it's fun. Yeah. And that can very quickly go from something that feels worthy of admiration and, you know, a quality of someone who is a creative, um, which is a gift that you're sharing to something that feels like, you know, you should be grateful that you're doing this or anyone could do it. And it becomes undervalued. And a lot of times it seems as if maybe people do get a little more preoccupied with the finished product that they see on social and don't realize that, you know, behind every image that you might see or behind any kind of storyboard that we might hand over to a client, we've usually wanted to find out 
you know, what is your what is your marketing calendar look like? Or if it's um, if it's a brand, like what are some of the things that you're doing that speak to this mission or speak to this reputation that you want to build? Living the process. That is that is a magical phrase that might actually be the title of this podcast <laughs> of this of this episode because living the process that is major especially when it comes to storytelling and creating authentic shares on social but not only that creating an authentic mission so that your clients and customers and students and everyone else in between is clear on what the offering is so it's not about perfection. It's actually what I tell my clients and my students is that it's about the flaws. It's about the lessons because that's where the beauty really is. You know, it's easy to, to take a really staged photo or prop things up and, and make it look gorgeous. But what about the mess? People are more messy than they are, you know, mended and put together. Absolutely <laughs> true. So, um, so I love, I love that a lot. Um, to, to backtrack just a bit before context and co who were you guys individually? What did you do outside of being sisters? So this is Tiffany. So before context and co, I didn't have a kid. <laughs> so I have an 11 month old son. So context and co is my second child, which has also taught me a lot about myself. I was a journalist. So I launched um, the Atlanta edition of a women's trend newsletter called Daily Candy, which was one of the first email newsletters on the scene. So I spent my days scouting new businesses, talking to entrepreneurs, really falling in love with the process of discovering people and, and things that were on the brink and helping bring those stories into the popular conversation and hopefully help build business in the city that I love. Um, I moved to New York about eight years ago. I got a job as a shopping editor at NBC. So I learned how to edit and produce video content. So I was in some of the taxi TV videos that people in New York um, know and some, some hate, some love. But I also really just continued to fall in love with different ways of telling a story. In those days, I was also, again, like a single, a single girl bopping around the city that could work until midnight. So that's another that's another story. But I'll let Amber tell a little bit more about herself also. Yeah. I see so many similarities between who I was before Contacting Co. and who I am now post-launch. Um, I would say that I feel like I've always had just like a hustler's spirit in the sense of always wanting to have my hands in a bunch of different projects, um, but also somebody who's super clear on whether or not something feels good in my gut. So mm -hmm. I was willing to try different internships. I went out on a limb before probably anyone in my family had come to New York and worked a summer at Vogue and lived in Harlem when I knew like nothing about this city because I felt like I need to try this thing if X is what I want my end game to be. So since then, I definitely tried on different hats for size, doing freelance work, working in events, always, always writing on the side, usually with 
some sort of freelance project on the side of full-time jobs. Um, I've always been a super hard worker, but I would say I, at the same time, was kind of looking for the one thing that I really wanted to, like, place my bet on. And that's kind of always been my personality. Some people call it Taipei. It probably is. Um, <laughs> and I kind of, I was like, okay, when am I going to find the thing that is totally right for me? I think you're like a nuanced Taipei. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Rebranding Taipei. So, yeah, I, I think I've always been kind of like on this journey that now I'm able to embrace and see as like part of the beauty, just like we were talking about things not being perfect. It's something now that I can get excited about and see as like part of our our long-term vision of, of exploring things and trying things as opposed to the early 20-something girl who thought she had to have it all figured out. I've calmed down some, but I'm still just like an explorer at heart and someone who likes to try things and connect people and hopefully rack up interesting life experiences along the way. That's wonderful. That's absolutely amazing. With all of that being said, let's talk about being women of color in this space and what that looks like and feels like for the both of you and how your experience has been so far navigating this new business, building brands and everything else in between as black women. I think that we are evolving from a time when we used to say, I'm the only, I was the only person in leadership that was a woman of color. I worked mm-hmm. in-house at a major women's retailer for a number of years, helping them with brand strategy and editorial direction. And I found that work to be super fulfilling. Um, But I also found the statement of I'm the only woman of color at X position or at X level leadership. I found that to be so sad. Um, I found it to be very isolating. And I, and I really knew and I thought I would look at my sister a lot of times and say, you know what, she's, she's literally five years younger than I am, and I can see that things are not that way mm. all the time for her. Or they're, yeah. they're less and less that way, and that made me so excited. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it, maybe it has to do with the industry that I'm working in because, you know, fashion always has been very lopsided when it comes to representation. It's It's been – really lopsided when it comes to appropriation too. But a lot of the people making decisions and being compensated and credited with the big decisions and the big trends don't always look like me. It can sometimes mess with your head. I think that what excites me about the two of us is that we put, it's pretty clear from looking at our Instagram that we are brown. Yeah. And I think at the same time, it's also pretty clear that we have a very specific point of view and taste level and that those things go hand in hand. They don't feel like this and also this. Um, Yeah. If if that makes any sense. It doesn't, it's not like, and we also have good taste. It's just like, these are things that go together. This is the way that the world that we're choosing to move through and 
pull in inspiration from, and then credit and regram. This is how it really looks. Yeah. Come along on this Instagram journey with us, you know, and I think that translates to clients and clients of all colors, all walks, are first to hear them tell it, drawn to our taste and our vibe, and it doesn't explicitly ever come up in conversation. Amber, what do you think? It's, it's not like, wow, we're so happy to have two black women on our team. It's more like, yeah, yeah. you really are cool. There's something about your vibe that resonates with us, and we think that you're good at picking up on translating that vibe um, for other people. And that, that really makes us proud. It doesn't feel like they're just hiring us for any specific reason, and maybe they are. And you know what? That's okay, too because we know that we're going to do a good job. Yeah, I agree. I think, unsurprisingly, it's never something that comes up explicitly in the work that you do, and whether it's something that in the past you feel like there are sideline conversations around it that, you know, made you feel, like Tip was saying, isolated. Um, or now people are seeing it as a really positive thing. Um, right. And they're all popular things slash popular thing um, and aren't saying it. It's something that we bring with us proudly every single day. And I think really want to keep near and dear to the work that we do and the types of people that we work with. Again, I think it's, it's really nice to feel like people are finally understanding and not that they have to, because it'll still be true regardless, but it's not mutually exclusive to be a woman of color and have taste. It's not, yeah. It's, yeah. it doesn't mean that we haven't gotten it all along. It's just some other people are starting to. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel really honored to, to be able to work with other groups who see the world the same way that we do. And just, like, recognize the beauty in what black women have been doing all along. And even, like, working with platforms like yours or pro bono work that we do. It's it's something that I think Tip and I feel really proud about being able to include in our professional path and really bring in in a way that other organizations may not have allowed for I think that is awesome, all of it. And so many people, women specifically, I feel would want to hear this because there's a lot of women who listen to this show and are not sure how to navigate their entrepreneurial spaces or step out on that limb or feel like they're held back even because of the color of their skin or not afforded certain opportunities for being black or brown. So to hear you share your experiences and share also how you're showing up fully as yourselves. And this is what you're getting. And you're getting it because you like what I have to offer and everything else is secondary or it doesn't matter. So being strong enough, resilient enough and confident enough to be like, this is who I am in my business and in life, either take it or leave it. That's what I heard you say in a kind, awesome way. I think there's also, too, and I think it, for people that might be not as progressed in their careers, you know, yes. don't don't get us wrong. Like, there there have been so many times, um, Amber, I hope I can share this, the Vogue story. 
there have been times where we, we've had tremendous insecurity, and we were walking in with every qualification, every great idea, every creative spin on somewhat, what someone needed, every solution, but in our own minds, we were psyching ourselves out. And, and Amber mm-hmm. called me from her internship at Vogue once and said, there's literally someone, someone in this program who, whose parents own one of the, like, bottled water companies that we drink every day. Like, that's her last name. I know that that's where she's coming from, and I know that that's not where we're coming from. And the truth is, like, that has happened to both of us so many times, and, and it, can, it can have you question a lot of things and have you get in your own head, and that's also part of being young. Um, but a lot of times you just have to know, you know what, this is the job that I've been asked to do. I'm going to hit the mark, and I'm going to have my own personal standard. I'm going to kick ass. And if one thing my therapist told me recently is if someone is going to be racist or if someone's going to be biased against you, they will find something to be biased about. So the yep. thing that you're preoccupied about proving to them is never going to actually be the thing they're going to fixate on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can show up with the shiniest shoes in the world. You can show up with the best handbag. They're going to figure out they don't like your shirt color. <laughs> There's never going to be a solution to bias. And so if we can just continue to tell ourselves that, I think that we'll be in a lot, a lot better a place. Um, to deal with what we need to deal with and keep it moving, you know? I, I know and I love it. I could go on and on about that, but I'm just going to let you have that because I am with you all the way. So as we wrap up here, this went by really fast. I have to ask about self-care and what it looks like individually. How do you define self-care and what does it look like in your life these days? I would say... Self-care is something, and this is Amber, um, that has definitely evolved in my life stages. Um, I, I look back to, like, high school when I felt like I had literally all the time in the world and not a care in the world. And I define self-care as let me do my manicure and make sure that I have on perfect makeup every day. And that was, like, what I thought it was to just be, like, showing up and killing it every day. And Mm -hmm. I think it's gone so much deeper in a way that at times has been uncomfortable in the beginning, um, but has really evolved into something that I feel empowered by now. Um, I am a huge proponent of therapy, counseling, whatever people need in their lives. And I finally found a therapist that I really liked here in New York. Um, So that is something that's definitely become an important part of my self-care journey. I also really value movement and not just the way that, like, physically it makes you look and sometimes even physically makes you feel, but just the commitment to carving out even like 15 minutes to take a walk and make that commitment to yourself is something that has been really important to me lately. And something that, you know, I feel really lucky that my friends and family have encouraged me to do. Because I think that I can very easily be a head down tunnel vision person when it comes to work and making sure that I'm like accomplishing my 
to-do list. But to me, self-care is like very much grown into that commitment to make space for myself in my head, mm-hmm. for my body, all of it. Make space for self. That's self-care. I love that. I love that a lot. For me, this is Tiff. So for me, self-care um, is about space as well. I like to have a lot of things cooking. I have a young son, and I am about four years into a partnership with my husband. Um, and I think that one thing that I've learned over time is that as you take on more roles in your life, and kind of as you evolve as a grown-up, you have to leave white space in your day to, to account for the things that you don't know are coming and be able to handle them with grace and give yourself a little bit of that grace back. So for me, self-care is looking at a week and saying, what are times where I don't have to be anywhere? I haven't promised anyone anything. For me, a lot of it has to do with being able to sit in like a stillness state of mind. And again, that could be going on a walk to Amber's point, or it could just be saying, I'm going to see the sunshine today and not have my head down looking at my phone. Um, Or it could just be a moment to like, sit in this little meditation corner I set up for myself on the side of the bed that my son can't get to. And I, I think living through my values more than my to-do list has helped me a lot, especially as I have mm. less and less time, is just saying, like, was I, did I show up as a person I want to be today, even if, like, all the things that I thought I would get done aren't even close to being done? That, to me, is self-care. I think that is a great way to end, ladies. Thank you so much for spending some time with me this afternoon. Thank you for having us. So if our audience wants to connect with you both and learn a little more about your offerings, where can they find you? So you can find us online at contextand.co. That's C-O-N-T-E-X-T-A-N-D dot C-O. Or follow us on Instagram at contextandco. Hey Girl Podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. <laughs>